I'm Leah Borgad, and you're listening to Brain Dump, a podcast about science, health, and the many ups and downs in my young adult life. For updates on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Brain Dump on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at braindump.podcast. Hey everyone, hope everyone is having a good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. I feel like I haven't sat down in front of this mic, at least solo, for a while, so it's good to be back, and I have a really exciting announcement, which is I got a job, which is crazy. My first adult full-time job out of college, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it because, one, obviously, it's a really huge step for me and, I guess, my, my life trajectory. But also because I know that finding a job in 2020 is so, so challenging and I feel so grateful to have found a position, let alone a position that aligns so well with my interests and what I'm hoping to do as a career. And so I can imagine that there's a lot of people out there who may be struggling with the job search amidst the pandemic, and I know that there's a lot of people that are in that situation right now, considering all the layoffs and everything happening. And so I want to talk about how I navigated my job search and hopefully provide you with five helpful tips that were really beneficial for me. And for the sake of everyone, I'm going to try to avoid talking about well-known tips out there like, you know, adding keywords to your resume, applying to as many jobs as you can, like always showing interest. I think that most people already know those things. So to be mindful of your time, I want to talk about some things that I didn't know and that ended up being huge game changers for me. So before I get into those tips, I want to give you some context for how I, what about my job search and what it all started. So currently it's the month of August. I'm starting my job in actually two days. Very nervous and excited at the same time. But um, I actually started my job search back in March. I was still in school at that time and I did have a little extra downtime being at home and being quarantined inside because that's when the pandemic really took off, at least where I'm located. And so I started my job search back then and I kind of went about it in a very lax way. I was kind of not applying to that many jobs, just really like focusing on the ones that were of interest to me and ultimately found one job I was really excited about, went through two or three rounds of interviews, thought I was going to get it and then didn't. And I was really upset and I kind of took time off from finding a full-time job at that point. I guess I was really discouraged. And what I ended up doing is that I opted to do a summer internship instead um, as a way to kind of give me some extra time to find a full-time job after college and not kind of be stuck at home doing nothing during the summer. And so around the time when I was getting ready for that internship, I was approached by a program called PathRise. And what they do is that they provide one-on-one mentorship opportunities as well as workshops that cover a variety of topics about the job search. And they ultimately help you find your dream job, um, more specifically in the tech industry. And what I personally really liked about it is that the entire program was free up until you find a job and then they take a piece of your first year salary. And I found that to be really cool because obviously as someone who was 
unemployed or I guess was making a pretty base income as an intern, I didn't particularly want to pay for the program as I was doing it. But long story short, they approached me and I ended up applying for the program, went through a few rounds of interviews and got in and so went through with it and that started right around the time of my internship. And with their help, I was able to find a job in two months and that was really amazing. Definitely did not expect such a quick turnaround. Um, Another thing I really liked about the program is that there are different tracks based on what you're pursuing. So there's a software engineering track, there's a design track, there's a marketing track, which is the track I was in. Um, So there's definitely good variety of workshops on the job search more generally, but then there's also workshops specific to your industry that teach you all the things you need to know about how to be successful in interviewing for a specific role. So like I said, I learned a ton in that program and I truly think it probably would have taken me years to learn all of these things because it was so condensed in that eight week period. And I know that these tips were what ultimately allowed me to find the job that I'm currently about to start. And so I want to reflect on that experience with the program and tell you about my five biggest takeaways to keep in mind if you're currently struggling with your job search or even if you're a new college grad like me who maybe hasn't started their job search and is kind of nervous about approaching companies for a full-time job. So in terms of how I'm going to structure these tips, I'm kind of going to go in chronological order of when you're first searching for jobs up until when you get an offer. So the first one is when you're looking for a job, definitely befriend LinkedIn, Indeed, Glassdoor, and any relevant job posting platforms. I think LinkedIn is probably the most popular one and it's definitely the one I use the most, but I think that people sort of underestimate the powers of LinkedIn and all of these different job posting platforms. Obviously, you can search for jobs, but you can also network on there and find specific people that work at those companies, approach them that way. But what I really liked about LinkedIn in particular is when you're searching for a job, there's all of these filters. They're usually at the top and kind of like a bar right below where you can type in your search. And they're typically not all displayed. There's like a more filters button on the side and you can actually filter your opportunities by a ton of different factors. And that was really helpful for me because I was looking for something pretty specific, which was a marketing communications or content role within the science and healthcare industries, ideally at a company that was small to medium size, since I do really enjoy working in those more fast paced startup environments and ended up finding a job that fit all of those criteria, but it did take more filtering in order to find those. So definitely recommend that with LinkedIn. But what I do want to say is that each job posting platform is pretty unique and there are some things you'll get from one that you won't get from the other and there are even some jobs that will only be shown on one and not the other for example with my internship i did at the beginning of the year they were only posting on AngelList, which is a platform specifically for startup jobs so if you're interested in startups definitely recommend checking that one out there's also way up that i used briefly i would especially encourage way up if you're a new grad because they focus on new grad opportunities as well as internships if you're just looking for an internship right now some other great platforms like i mentioned are indeed that one has a ton of opportunities i really like glassdoor because it often gives you salary expectations as well as ratings for the companies because a lot of people leave reviews of 
about their experience either interviewing or working at the company. Another quick tip I have for you guys with LinkedIn specifically, when you see a job that you really like and are interested in applying to, oftentimes there's this easy apply option where you can directly send your application through LinkedIn. You basically just like upload your resume and then it fills out your information for you and then you just press submit. I would actually recommend not doing the easy apply option because that's what most applicants are going to be doing. And what ends up happening is that so many people go through that system that it just turns into kind of a black hole. Like you won't really end up hearing back from a lot of these companies. And also a lot of these applications are going through what's called an ATS system, um, like an automatic tracking system. I think that's what it stands for. I could be wrong. But essentially before your resume gets read by a real life person, oftentimes it's read by this machine that searches through your resume looking for keywords and things that might match what the company is looking for and only then will it send it to a real person. And so if you have experiences that are somewhat relevant but may not be directly relevant to the role, that could really be a huge disadvantage for you. And so what I would do instead of the easy apply option is go directly to that company's website and go to their careers page. They'll most often have one and you can apply directly through their system. And there'll be less applicants going through there, so more likely that your application is gonna be seen, which is honestly one of the hardest parts of this whole thing. Once you get through the first stage and you start interviewing, you're gonna be competing against much less people, and so your chances of actually getting an offer go up dramatically. The second tip, which I think for me was the most important, is vary up how you're approaching companies and applying to jobs. There's ways of approaching companies even beyond just sending a regular old application. One of the ways that worked best for me is cold emailing. And what that means in the context of a job search is immediately after you submit an application to a company, you find a person in that company, whether it's a recruiter, uh, someone who would be your manager if you were to get that job or someone who I guess has a role similar to yours and you find their email and you email them, you attach your resume and you say why you're interested in the job and you also ask if you could connect with them about the opportunity, ask to hop on a quick call. What that does is that it increases the likelihood that your resume is going to be seen once again because you're bypassing that ATS system automatically um, and so as a result you'll be more likely to move on to future rounds and what it also does is that if you end up connecting with the person and you get along really well, you start to form a mini network within that company. And so if later on you find yourself in sort of the final stages of the hiring process, that person may be able to advocate for you and you would be more likely to get an offer. So like I mentioned, you probably want to find recruiters if possible, since their literal job is to find people to work at the company. If that's not an option, if you can't find a recruiter, I would suggest trying to get in contact with any leaders in the company, especially if it's a smaller company. This works extremely well. Maybe a CEO if it's a really small company, but otherwise, you know, for me, I was applying a marketing job. So like a marketing manager, for example. And if that's not possible, just find anyone that would have a role semi-relevant to yours. For example, if you're applying to a marketing job, you could find someone that's on the marketing team or some public-facing team, whether it's design, customer success, something like that. But ideally, you want to find a recruiter if possible. 
And so now you're probably thinking, how do you actually approach these people and how do you find their information? So what my process would be is that as soon as I would apply to a job, I would go on LinkedIn and search up that company name and then you can go to people in that company and you can see all these people that have marked themselves as working for that company. And from there, you can find the names of people and what their roles are. As soon as you find a recruiter, you mark down that person's name and then there are tons of tools out there that help you identify what their emails are. Actually, emails are pretty easy to guess regardless of whether you use these tools. A lot of companies use the same format of, you know, last name at companyname.com or firstname.lastname at company.com, just first name, first name, last name. There's not that many iterations, but if you want to be super sure of what the person's email is, I use this website called leadfinder.pro. It's just L-E-A-D finder.pro. And what you do is you basically go on there and then you type in the person's first name, last name, and the name of the company. And it searches through all the different iterations for you and tells you which one is actually valid. And it also tells you whether the company is using a catch-all configuration, in which case you wouldn't be able to cold email because what would happen if you sent an email to this person is that it would automatically go to this like general email within the company because it recognizes that you're not someone internal sending the email. And so it kind of gets lost in all these other emails and it's just not worth it. But I would say that 75% of the time I was able to find that person's email. So then from there, you know, I would go on my email and I would use pretty much the same template for all my cold emails, which saves a ton of time. So for your subject line, I recommend you use something specific and pretty compelling, something that says a little bit about you. For example, I would usually say Stanford grad excited to be companies and then the name of the role you know personally for me like the Stanford grad thing was what was really going for me but say you're someone that's looking for more of a senior position you could say like experienced marketer or award-winning designer excited to be company's head of design or something like that you know and then in terms of the actual email itself according to the program I did they recommend writing something of around 100 words, so pretty short, definitely no more than 500 words because at that point people will just stop reading your email. Ideally, you want to personalize the email as much as possible. So like I said, I used a template, but there were also quite a few things that I would fill in as a way to make the email feel very personal to that company. And the general format that I used was like these three mini paragraphs. So in the first paragraph, I just introduced myself and then explained why I applied to the position and finally just express interest in connecting about the opportunity. So to give you guys an example, let me just try to make something up off the top of my head. I would say, hi, it's nice to eat, meet you. My name is Leah. I just graduated from Stanford with a degree in human biology. I just applied to your marketing specialist position as I'm really interested in what the company is doing around healthcare innovation. As someone who's really passionate about making the world a healthier place, I truly believe I could contribute to your mission and would love to find a time to connect about this opportunity. So that's kind of how you would open it. You know, pretty broad, but also shows very specific interests and in how the job relates to your interests. And so then you would move on to the second paragraph, which is kind of like a mini summary of your past work experience. 
And something I would say for this is definitely don't just go through your resume and like list out every single bullet point. Instead, focus on one to two of your strongest experiences. Maybe if you're just graduated and your work experiences aren't as strong, then maybe just focus on your academic achievements, maybe like an academic product that you're really proud of. But ideally, you'd want to focus on concrete work experiences. So then in the last paragraph, you'd want to reiterate why you'd be a great fit at the company. And then finally, suggest some times to hop on a quick call with the person in the next week. You definitely don't want to expect the person to reach back out to you and start scheduling. You definitely need to initiate that conversation And if you ask specifically, you know, can you talk on Tuesday or Wednesday, then that person has a specific ask that they have to answer to. And so, again, you're going to be more likely to actually get on a call with this person and get to know the company and the role a little bit better. So cold emailing was huge for me. Actually, the company that I'm going to be working for was the first company I ever cold emailed. So that should tell you enough about how successful cold emailing can be. So that was the second tip. Now moving on to the interview phase of the hiring process. The one thing I'll say about interviews, obviously they can be really stressful and there's tons of interview tips out there. I think one of the main ones is just showing constant interest in the company, showing a huge amount of enthusiasm because at the end of the day, you know, there may be people with lots of experience, but they ultimately want to hire somebody that's actually going to be excited about working with the company and someone that they can see themselves partnering with. But I think that's a pretty well-known tip. So what I will say is that every interview you have and every email you have about an interview, just always ask for next steps along the way. It basically gives you a bit of a head start on preparing for future interviews. So for example, you know, someone will tell you that there's a first round interview, then you'll talk to the manager, the hiring manager, then there's going to be a take-home assignment. Then there'll be an on-site interview with maybe two or three different people at the company. And then assuming all goes well, there'll be an offer. It basically just gives you a roadmap and you can be really clear-minded about, you know, what's to come. And then from there too, you would know how long you would need to prepare for the next round. So for example, a first round interview, I was recommended to prepare for them for no more than 35 minutes because then there's kind of a law of diminishing returns that goes into effect. If you prepare for more than 35 minutes, then you're just not going to get as big of a bang for your buck. But then if, you know, you know the next interview is going to be more of like an on-site technical type of interview, that's something you may want to spend an hour or two preparing for. And those are also the types of interviews where it's really helpful to go through the job description in detail, literally go through every single bullet point and then under it, just add some notes about what you could talk about in response to those bullet points. For example, if it says that something that the job will do is manage the company's social media accounts, talk about what your experience has been with social media, use a specific example if possible, and talk about what impact you had in the social media sphere. Another reason this is super important is because every single company will be different in terms of how it handles its interviews. I guess larger companies like Google and Facebook handle interviews similarly, but if you're applying to small to medium-sized companies in different industries, you just never know what's coming. And it's just super helpful to know what to expect. Even when you're asking for clarifications, don't be afraid to ask, you know, how can I best prepare for this next interview? Because recruiters, they do want to see you succeed and 
so you know they might say oh yeah this person you're interviewing for they really like when people talk about this they really like when people have a clear vision of where they want their career to go so little things like that could be super helpful in the long run so definitely don't be afraid to be a little pushy ask for next steps follow up if necessary I would probably follow up two to three days after your initial email definitely try to remember that as you're interacting with people at the company at every single stage of your hiring process The fourth tip for your job search, not necessarily as specific as my other tips, it's to never put your eggs all in one basket, even if you're positive that a particular company is going to come back with an offer. So what I mean by that is if there's a company you're really excited about and they seem really excited about you and they keep hinting at the fact that like you're going to get a job here, they keep asking you about like when can you start, when can you relocate to our office, blah, blah, blah. Just always be a little bit suspicious and never stop applying and talking to other companies. I can speak about this from personal experience. I was interviewing with this company during the month of July that was located in Santa Monica. And originally I had applied for a social media role, but then what happened was their head of marketing emailed me and said, hey, you know, there's actually a ton of applicants applying for this role that have a lot, a lot of experience. That being said, we read your resume and we were really impressed with your background and we'd be really excited to find a role for you here at the company. And so let's hop on the phone and let's talk about creating a role for you. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I was never expecting any company to do this for me at this stage. So I definitely felt really blessed. And, you know, throughout our conversations, the guy seemed really, really excited about me. I ended up having a take-home assignment with that company, which they, you know, raved about and had multiple calls that towards the end felt pretty casual with the marketing guy. You know, we felt like friends kind of at the end. And I talked to the CEO and he seemed really nice and excited. And then at the end of that conversation, they said, you know, we'll let you know within a week. And so at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, like they're definitely going to offer me a job because they were asking me, like, how would you feel about relocating to Santa Monica? When could you start? Blah, blah, blah. And so I wait a week and I don't hear anything back. And I was really confused. And, you know, I was talking to my parents and the program path rise about, you know, when I should follow up because I don't want to be too pushy. They've already been so considerate with creating a role for me. And so I wait until just after a week and I email the marketing guy saying like, hey, I was wondering if you had any updates and I hear back and they're like, oh yeah, sorry, we've, we've offered the, the social media role to somebody else. And I was really confused because I wasn't applying for that role at that point. I was applying for this like special make your own role that they were offering me. And so I emailed back being like, okay, but that's not the role I was applying for. And so he emails me back saying, oh yeah, sorry, let me clarify. Basically like we just hired for the social media role and at this point, it seems like the role that we'd be hiring you for and that role are going to be really similar, at least in the first few months. And we just don't really have the bandwidth to hire someone right away, but we'll let you know the next few weeks. And that was basically it. And I was really shocked because it just made it seem like they were ready to hire someone right away. And as a result, I was very much slowing down my other applications. I think I had only applied to like three jobs that entire week. And so it was kind of a bummer because... They basically made me slow down my job search for nothing. 
obviously it worked out in the end because I have this other job that I'm excited about but it just goes to show that you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes at a company especially if it's kind of a smaller company you just can't be sure of anything and it's kind of a hard lesson to learn if you have to learn it from firsthand experience so definitely knowing that in advance can save you a lot of heartbreak in the end and finally my last tip which is for when you actually get an offer, it could be a really, really exciting step, especially if you're someone that's just entering their first full-time job like I am. What I would say is definitely don't be afraid to negotiate, even for entry-level roles. What I learned through Pathrise is that negotiation, and by negotiation, I mean, you know, negotiating your salary and asking for it to be a little bit higher. You can negotiate benefits, you can negotiate paid time off, you can negotiate start date. There's all kinds of things you can negotiate. I would say salary is probably the biggest one, but as someone who was entering the the full-time workforce for the first time, I was really nervous about negotiating, especially in 2020 when finding any job is such a blessing and something to be really grateful for. I didn't want to you know, seem ungrateful by negotiating. But what you have to understand is negotiation is very much the norm in applying for jobs and signing offers. I actually want to tell you guys a quick story that my mentor at Pathrise told me when I was expressing a little bit of apprehension about negotiating. She told me that when she was applying for her first ever job, She got an offer from this place for like $45,000 a year and she worked up the nerve to ask for a little bit more. I think something from like forty to 50,000 and in her mind, it was this huge deal. She was kind of in a similar headspace than me, like she didn't want to seem ungrateful and all of that, but immediately her manager was approving and even thanked her for negotiating and said that, you know, I'm really glad that you negotiated and it shows that I can trust you to be professional and you just have an awareness of the workforce. So that was really shocking for me to hear someone thanking a candidate for negotiating, but it really gave me the confidence to negotiate my salary and I was able to increase my salary by I think 4%, which isn't huge, but when you think about the fact that most raises are anywhere from like 3 to 5%, it was actually a, a pretty good increase and in something that I was really proud of. Obviously, you want to think about how you're going to ask for more money if you're going to do that. Obviously, don't be too pushy, you know, ask for a reasonable amount and throughout the process just show that you're really, really grateful. Um, Something you could add is just say that if you can get me this slight increase, like I will 100% sign on immediately. There's all kinds of ways you could approach it. If you want specific advice, definitely DM me on Braindump's social media. It's just at braindump.podcast. You could do that on either Facebook or Instagram. But yeah, just know that negotiation isn't as scary as it's made out to be. And as long as you are polite about it and give good reasons for it you can also just like make up stuff a lot of the time people will be understanding and they'll work with you to get what you want because at the end of the day if they're offering you a job like they really want you there and it's extremely rare that a company will rescind the offer if you try to negotiate so just know that especially for people that are my age entering you know entry level roles or people that are looking to start their job search soon it's really not that bad 
So those are all my tips for the job search process. I hope that these were helpful to many of you, whether you're just starting out your first job search or you're someone that's been in the workforce for a while. Um, they were really helpful to me. And again, things that are going to stick with me in years to come, I'm sure, and that I look forward to teaching my younger brothers as they enter their first job searches. So again, if you have any additional questions about all of this, feel free to DM me. And if not, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.